This is the No More Wasted Days podcast, and we're your hosts, Sarah Kaufman Bradstreet and Heather PG. Grab your favorite NA drink and listen as we share vulnerable stories so you never feel alone on your alcohol-free journey. And gain insights from us as we break down our most used tips and strategies that have kept us alcohol-free. It's time to break free from wasting any more of your days to the drinking blackout hangover cycle. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the No More Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. And I am Heather. And we're super excited today to talk all about counting your alcohol-free days, why it may be a good thing or why it may be a bad thing. Before we dive into that topic, though, I've realized that through our first three episodes, we haven't properly introduced ourselves so all of you can really get to know us. So today I'm going to take just about the first five to 10 minutes of this episode to interview Heather so all of you can actually get to know her and know a little bit of her alcohol-free journey. So are you ready, Heather? I'm ready. All right. So I only have three questions for Heather. I know sometimes people are like, oh, maybe I don't want to listen to that interview portion, but stick with us because I think this will be quick and you'll learn a little bit about us and then we'll get right into the bones of this episode or the meat of this episode. I, maybe it's the meat. We'll we'll let the audience decide on that one if I said it correctly. So Heather, what were the last few months of your drinking days like? Essentially, I'm asking kind of what led to the choice of you quitting drinking? If it was a rock bottom moment or if it was a culmination, just let us in on that. It was a culmination of choice and personal rock bottom. I, you know, it was the end of 2020, the isolation of the pandemic was really affecting me and my family as we had an infant. And I had been trying to quit drinking since 2017. And, you know, combined, like I said, with the isolation and the pandemic and the stressors of a newborn and working from home, all of those things led to my personal rock bottom. Kind of what that looked like for me was starting drinking earlier in the day, requiring more alcohol to, you know, my tolerance had gotten really high and just the depression, the anxiety, the marital issues, all of the things kind of came to a head at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. And I found No More Wasted Days. I think in either December or January of 2021, I can't remember, but I don't remember doing it, but I'm very thankful that I did. And it took a couple of months of kind of reading what other people were posting in the big Facebook group and starting listening to some sober podcasts and reading some Quitlet that Finally, on April 11th, I... You finally decided it was enough. So I have to ask, when you were in your drinking days and you were watching me, were you really annoyed by me? Or were you like, okay, this is helpful, this is inspiring me? Because I get one of two from people where they say, oh, when I was in my drinking days watching you, you just made me mad. No. So I won't be offended. (laughs) No, you did not annoy me at all. I found you to be inspiring. 
And I will say when I learned that you had picked up the ukulele without knowing you used to be a music teacher or that you were musically inclined, I thought, what an interesting hobby to pick up when you quit drinking. That's the only thing that I remember. It's a cheap instrument or inexpensive. You should say inexpensive instead of cheap. Someone taught me that long ago. So it's an inexpensive instrument and it's pretty easy to learn. So yeah, if you guys need a hobby, if you just quit drinking, the ukulele is a good one. There's only four strings on it and there's a lot of apps out there that'll help you out. (laughs) Okay. So essentially you didn't quite have a rock bottom moment. It was the culmination is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, my personal rock bottom was knowing that if I took this any further, I was going to start losing a lot. And I knew that. See it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's where I was start. I was starting to finally see like this isn't going anywhere, but up and not in a good way. Like Mm -hmm. this is just increasing and increasing. So I kind of was like, it's now or never. So number two for you is what surprised you most about your alcohol-free days in the beginning? I think what surprised, well, there were a lot, but for the sake of time, day three was the hardest. My anxiety improved and, you know, it changed. I can't say that it completely went away, but it changed. You could feel that shift. I could. And what surprised me on a positive end was that I could taste things better and that my actual food and beverage choices changed. Yeah. And I found that to be really interesting. But I do know for me, the first 14 to 30 days were very challenging and there were a lot of positive things about it also. Yeah. And we'll dive into probably on counting our days, kind of what those beginning days entail and even going farther and farther. So. So number three for my question for you is what is your top advice for anyone who is either considering starting their alcohol-free journey or has just started it? So somebody who is brand new. I think what made it stick for me was joining No More Ways Today's community. I think that was the piece that had been missing when my attempts 17 and really learning about alcohol. Now, you would think as a former substance use counselor and a social worker forever that I would know these things, but my ego would not allow me to think that it was applicable to me. So I think learning and reading and using the Reframe app to surf those cravings and the community was definitely what helped me get as far as I have. Yeah, I think community is key. And Mm -hmm. I was a person who did not want a community. I always tell people I quit drinking on my own to prove that I didn't have a problem Mm -hmm. because I didn't want a problem. For whatever reason, that was probably ego in my head saying, oh, you don't want to have a drinking problem. That could be one of the worst things. So it was like, if I, well, if I can do this on my own, then I don't, I don't have a drinking problem and I never have to label it that. But yeah, I found an online community. I found a huge Facebook community and I just lurked in it. I didn't really do very much and posted every now and then with milestones happened. But just reading other people's posts and knowing that I wasn't alone was a game changer for me and being like, oh, good, I'm not I'm not the only one because, gosh, I really felt like I was the only one. So your last question, actually, I didn't tell you, but I think it'll just lead in perfectly to what we're talking about of tracking our days is 
how many days alcohol-free are you? And what has, and I know you track, so what has tracking those days given you? I am on today's date, 948 days alcohol-free. That's awesome. I, yeah, thank you. I'm super proud of that. What it's given to me is just motivation to make it to the next day alcohol-free. And just seeing those days rack up gives me a sense of internal pride of where I've started and how far I've come. I understand that for sure. That was my thing. Because in the beginning, I, I say I wasn't tracking days. I wasn't tracking days through an app. The number hadn't gotten big enough that I didn't need to count back on a calendar. Because when I first started, that's what I was doing, kind of going like, oh, I'm on five days. I get, that was huge. That was an amazing milestone for me. And then getting through my first weekend, I was like, oh, my God, I did it. All right. And I was kind of like, here we go. Week two, we're doing this. So I still knew I'm on, I'm on eight days. But at one point, it became me counting on my calendar on my phone, which then you accidentally click on a day. And when you click on a day, it opens up this whole thing. And I was like, OK, there's got to be apps out there that do this for you. And there are. And I feel like they really make it almost into a game. I don't want to say like, oh, quitting drinking is kind of this game and you can make it fun, but it made it fun for me and it made it finally go, okay, I'm on day 30. And then I could open up the app and go, whoa, I'm on day like 58. I'm super close to 60. So because I bet for you being on 948 today, I bet you're just waiting for it to turn over for 950. Yeah, definitely. And I'm ready to hit the comma club, which I didn't even know was a thing. I didn't know either until you said that. And I'm part of the comma club. I was like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. And I heard you, you have a big vacation planned when you hit the comma club. You're going with one of our other community members. Yeah. We are going to go to California on an adventure, just the two of us. That's so awesome. Well, I think that's the other thing. When you're tracking your days, you can plan little rewards for yourself. You can kind of go, okay. When I get to this day, I'm going to buy myself a new outfit. Or when I get to this day, I'm going to treat myself to a massage. Because you can also track how much money you've saved. And then you can be going, I've saved this much money, so it's not a big deal if I go spend a 100 bucks on a massage. Because how much money have you saved? I have saved on this day over 28. That's crazy. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. If your wife is ever saying, no, I don't think we should spend that. No, no, no. Don't worry. I've saved this much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of it's probably gone to like Topo Chico's and kombuchas, but. Yeah. Yeah. Not that much. (laughs) I have people comment sometimes. Oh, well, you probably just spend it all now on non-alcoholic drinks. I'm like, no. "No." (laughs) Non-alcoholic drinks do not cost me $30 a day or, you know, do not impair me where I'm buying things online that I didn't need or want or buying two of them or having food, junk food delivered to the house or, yeah. you know, so on and There's so forth. There's so many other things. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. And besides tracking your days and your money, you've also tracked time saved, which yeah. I love that. I need to plug into that. Yeah. So I define time similarly how it's defined in the DSM-5. So that's time in each day. Thinking about drinking, gathering alcohol for the day, and using alcohol for the day. So I have saved seven months of time. That is like 
so much you can do with that. And that's one thing that I think people don't realize. I love how you have it categorized too. I think that's something we'll have to share on social media or on in the show notes, just so people have that resource. Because the amount of time we used just planning our drinking mm-hmm. is way more than you realize until you quit. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, I have, I have so much brain space. Or you catch yourself thinking about drinking and you're like, nope, I don't need to, I don't need to think about that anymore. Yeah. So do you want to dive into our tracking our days and why it's been important to you? I think we've both kind of shared. I have shared just a little bit about why it's important to me, but it was just a motivator for me. It still is. Like I looked this morning and I think I'm 1,647 days. And I'm one of those people that's like looking for that next number. And I'm like, oh, I'll be to 1,650 next. And it's like, it's it's cool. When I started and I hit 100 days, that was cool. I feel like 100 days is still one of the moments I'm the most proud of. Like yeah. Even as I've gotten more and more, that was something I couldn't see. So if you're listening to us and you're going, well, those are really high up days. Of course, it's fun to track then. No, it was fun early and just yeah. going, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I think that was more my thing. There was this voice in the back of my head going, oh, my God, you're doing it. You're doing this thing that you thought was bigger than you. Yeah, I think that counting days is unique to everyone. As I mentioned before, they motivate me. Additionally, it's part of my morning routine. Every morning, every morning, I log in. Number one, I pledge that I won't drink that day. Number two, I get to track and see, like, my app gives me a motivational quote for the day. So that's also a cool way to start. I know that Some folks in our group are really intentional about counting days and others are not. And one thing I like about our weekly calls, we have several of them, is that it's not required to chime in your day count or check in around that at all to honor those who like to count, don't like to count. So, yeah, I always appreciate and I, I don't quite understand people who don't count their days. I'll be a hundred percent honest, but if that if it works for you, then do it that way. That's what I always tell people. Like just because it works one way for Heather and I does not mean or Heather and me, somebody can correct me on that. <laughs> if if it works for us, but that doesn't work for you, then don't do it that way. I think one of the yeah. greatest pieces of advice if you're taking on quitting drinking is Gather as much information as you can and use the information that helps you. Use the things that help you. Use the strategies that you hear if you go, that one, I think that'll work for me. Then implement it and see. And if it does, keep it. But if you're like, okay, finding yourself looking at those days as a punishment, then maybe it doesn't work for you. That's okay. But for me, I was like, there is nothing that's going to make me go back to day zero. I decided early on that if I drank, I would go to day zero. One drink, two drinks. No, it didn't matter how much it was. I would go to day zero if I drank. And now I have drinking dreams. And that's one of the first things when I have a drinking dream where I go, oh, my God, I'm like 1,600 days alcohol free. And I, now I have to go to zero. <laughs> and I'll yeah. bargain with myself in the dream. Like, maybe I could just say that I had a little speed bump. And I'm like, nope, this is the deal you made with yourself. And it's like you wake <laughs> up from the dream. You're like, thank God. Yeah, for sure. And for those who are listening who are, maybe this is your first hour into being alcohol-free, know that that first hour and those first 24 hours are 
amazing and very, very hard. So when when we think about counting days, just know that those are, you're doing great in this. The first ones are the hardest. hardest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why when people say I'm only three days, I'm like, you have no idea. Those three days are so hard. And Heather actually has a really cool chart, but before with that breaks down what happens in all of the days. And it's really cool because you can kind of go, oh, that is what's happening with me. And we're going to go through that. So if you're on a specific day in your journey, you can kind of go, oh, or you can save this episode, download it. So it's there to go listen to. So when you hit day 120, you can come back and listen and go, oh, yeah, that is where I am right now. That makes sense. But before we dive into that, Heather has mentioned a few times our community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people on an alcohol-free journey or you're sober curious, check out the link in our description of this video or in the show notes because we have our Daymakers community. You can hop in there and you get access to our online community where you have access to us and all of the members 24-7 and it's off of social media. And we also do eight weekly group coaching calls. So that's eight per month, not eight per week, but eight per month that you can hop onto and actually talk with me or Heather, ask questions and just find a lot of confidence in your journey. So check out that if you need it. And now we're going to dive back into talking about what happens in these days. So Heather, do you want to take off on it and where you got this chart? Yeah. So I got this chart from one of my therapists when I first started my sober journey. It's certainly not one size fits all, but I think it can be very, very helpful. So day zero through 14, you're looking at the withdrawal phase. What a lot of folks commonly report that they experience anxiety, mood swings, irritability, vivid dreams, headaches, cramps, fatigue, anger, low impulse control. Now, what I want to really drive home here is it's very important to note that withdrawals are incredibly serious and can be life-threatening, and you may need to get some medical attention. So please seek medical guidance from your medical provider. And Heather and I can't tell you if you're going to have withdrawals or not. I get people asking me, how do I know if I'm going to get them? We have no idea. It's like, you'll, you'll know when it starts, but we have no idea to how we like we can't tell you oh you drink this much it's going to happen to you because right. I've talked to people who have drank a ton and didn't experience anything too major and then people who drink that same amount who are like in that first day going oh my gosh I'm shaking I'm this I'm really scared and it's like that's when that's when mm-hmm. you you call you call your medical provider or you head into an urgent care and they know exactly what to do Heather and I are not doctors so just make sure if you are feeling nervous seek help. And if you're nervous about seeking help, they've heard it all. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. not, they're not going to be, it's just not going to be a shameful thing. And another thing to think about too, is there are medical options. I didn't use naltrexone, but if that feels like something that you want some medical assistance there, talk to your doctor about that too, because they can say, these are the risks, these are the pros. So getting through those first 14 days though is the hardest, but it's key. So if you need help, Don't feel like it's crazy to reach out. Yeah. I want to say one more thing about that. I've worked in the medical field for my entire career for the most part. And like Sarah said, there's not a lot of shame or judgment. There's not much that we haven't heard. So when we look at day 15 through 45, that's considered the honeymoon phase. That's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And you'll see some overconfidence, hopefulness, and what often is referred to as the pink cloud. Pink cloud is good. You want it. So get through those 14 days so you can get yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if I experienced that or not. I really don't. I remember feeling really hopeful and almost nervous that I was super confident. And um, yeah. I think I hit some pink cloud moments for sure. I think it varies, you know, whether people hit it or not. There's, and I don't think that there's any scientific evidence to prove. No, or not. I don't. I don't but. think there is either. People can tell us if if we're wrong. Tell us. <laughs> we like to hear those things because we like to keep learning too. Yeah. But I know too the overconfidence. I remember feeling like early on, being like, "I'm never gonna drink again." But I would be like. I am not going to tell anybody that. I'm going to keep that on the inside for a while. And I still I still feel like that, but I still have days where I go, oh, what if I do? So there's still definitely questions bouncing around in my head, but I know that overconfidence feeling. I feel like I rode the pink cloud for a long time, like longer than most people do. And I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. But I also feel like maybe it doesn't paint the picture that happens for everybody. Like, I feel like two years in, I was still like that. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. But it was probably more into my third year where I was kind of like, all right, I don't drink anymore. Like, this is how it is now. And now I just have to keep making life exciting. And then that felt overwhelming. So that might happen to you sooner rather than later. But if you're on that pink cloud, hang on. Keep hold. Yeah. And like, don't hang on. I always to tell it. people too, it's okay to feel like this is awesome and it's okay to mm -hmm. feel hopeful. So hang on to yeah. it and keep riding it. All right. What happens Definitely. day 46 to 120? This one's big, but I do remember those days kind of lengthening for me or not. Yeah. The days feeling a little shorter, I guess. Yeah. This is called the wall. This is when you'll experience. Some stinking thinking, some hopelessness, possibly some depression, some increased cravings, decrease in motivation, maybe some weight gain, and you're pretty high risk for relapse. So one thing I always suggest to folks is work with your therapist or a coach who has experience with substance use counseling on a relapse prevention plan. And that is curtailed to your identified triggers and what kind of plan A, B, and C that you, you can do when you are triggered. It is, you know, definitely designed for you and your identified triggers. And also at this point from day 46 to 120, as really in any of the days, you want to be really mindful of transfer addiction to other substances mm -hmm. or if you use other substances, make sure that you're not going up in your use with those. And that is a very real thing. It's something that I had to be really careful of. I most certainly had a problem with drinking. And this is something that you really want to be mindful of and monitoring. And transfer addiction is real. The more I learn about myself, the more I can see that I'm just an, I, I have an addictive personality. I will take everything too far. If you can take it too far, I can take it there. Yeah. One thing I, if you're listening to that though, and you're going, oh my God, you mean I'm stuck with this forever? One thing I can tell you is once you've ditched one substance, it becomes easier to see when other ones are creeping in. And then you have the tools to start dealing with it. 
for me, I kind of, I transferred to, I feel like it's something dumb, but I transferred to really getting controlling over my eating when I first, when I was in these days, that's when I got hardcore into working out. I was already a person who works out. I still do, but I got mega into tracking my food. Like I wouldn't go to bed until that app was filled out and I was tracking my weight and tracking my inches and all the things. And I got really into it. It's not the worst thing in the world to get into, but it was something that I've had to try to learn how. I have not learned how to loosen the reins properly. I'm not there yet. So if you're stuck in that, if you're eating a lot of candy at that time, that's normal. If you're trying out being Cali sober and you're finding out that now you're smoking more, that can be totally normal, but it's something to watch because mm. I just feel like once you have that, it's just kind of, it's a little bit who you are. So yeah. be aware and don't feel overwhelmed by this. Just kind of say, okay, now I know, and now I can use this knowledge to my advantage. Definitely. On day 121 to 180, this is called the adjustment phase. I think support is key, but this is a period where you really want to seek additional support. I mean, the, giving up alcohol is a major life adjustment in all areas. Mm -hmm. And I think if you try to downplay it and say it's not, I mean, there's just so many holidays that revolve around it, so many cultural things that revolve around it. So it's mm -hmm. just always going to be an adjustment. I remember heading into my first summer without alcohol felt overwhelming, but exciting because it was really new in my journey. I quit in May, so summer happened really fast. And I was a teacher at the time, which meant no responsibility in the summertime. And that was my mega drinking time. But I just looked at it as this moment to be like a different Sarah, Sarah 2.0, as I call her, and yeah. just really be like, I can do this. But then when the second summer came, I remember being like, oh, my God, can I be alcohol free in the summer? And I had to be like, you already did it. Yeah, you can do it. You did it. <laughs> So I do think how you were saying like day 121 to even 180, like to, to day 1000, you may really be in that adjustment phase and just always making fine tune adjustments. And I think community is key no matter where you are on your journey. And even if that's just listening to podcasts like this or following sober content creators, just get that. Don't ever feel like you are above the support or above the quitlet. It's just there to support you wherever you are in your journey. Definitely. So on day 181 to 300, this is called the resolution phase, and this varies for everyone. This is typically when you maybe start moving more into acceptance. This can look different for everyone. A lot of folks have a lot of aha moments here and really start to lean into some dreams and goals that they have had for themselves or have newly discovered, you know, over over the course of this journey, and you see a lot of dreaming and scheming in this period and possibly some execution of, of those yeah. dreams and goals. So, I did say the pink cloud phase was my favorite, but this might be my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of that suddenly you see that there's more for you out there than the life that you thought was happening. And when I was a drinker, that was such so much my focus. It was all I thought about. It was all I thought of myself. I was like, I'm a drinker. This is who I will always be. And this is how people know me. This is how people like me. So to take away that, it stripped away a huge part of my 
what I thought was my personality. And, yeah. and I had to really rediscover myself. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I can do so many things and I can do them so much more efficiently. I can dream these huge dreams and I have the money to make them happen because sometimes you like your big dream is to go on vacation or your big dream is to build your own house. And you can finally go, all right, I think I can do this. For me, it gave me the courage to walk away from teaching. I was like, okay, I'm not going to have insurance, but I know I can figure it out now. And I know yeah. that sounds crazy, but I was like, I know that in my brain, I have the power now to figure out how to get independent insurance. It may sound so simple, but that sounded like that was a huge reason why I wasn't leaving my teaching job. Yeah. And I was finally like, I'll figure it out. And I talked to a lot of people in our community that say the same thing. You get this very like, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I can do this. Yeah. You learn to build a lot of trust in yourself. And these dreams and schemes and goals are much more figure outable, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a unique set of circumstances with getting diagnosed at breast cancer about 100 days. So, I hit this phase later, but I still was dreaming and scheming of, of what that next chapter looked like for me. So, yeah, it's kind of something I talk about a lot in the Daymakers community and helping people find that you 2.0 and seeing mm -hmm. yourself more than just alcohol. Because I remember even before you had your diagnosis, I think I did the call on you 2.0 and that's when you started being like, I can see myself in 30 days. I can see myself in one year, in five years, in 10 years. This is what I want. Yeah. So that's it one really of my is favorite. just, I know, it's mine too. <laughs> I'm yeah. always like, I love that one. And I was thinking, I'm like, New Year's Eve is going to be right around the corner. And I've been meaning to tell you, we got to do a call on U2.0 and, and setting that goal and setting that intention for an alcohol-free year and what it really looks like for you. So Yeah. Definitely. We've got to do that. We'll wrap up this one, though, first. Yeah. So on day 301 to 365, you know, according to this chart, this is the recovery, you know, very entrance of the recovery phase. I noticed personally a significant dip right before I hit one year. It was a very reflectionary period. Another group member who has become one of my best friends. And we oddly enough have the same sobriety day. We shared a similar experience oh. during this time. I hear from a lot of people that when you hit that one year, I remember hitting it and I was kind of like, so why didn't the parade march down the street for me? Where's the fireworks? Where's the, why didn't anybody throw me a party? And me and my husband have the same date because we quit together. I remember he could care less. He was kind of, I was like, happy one year. And he was kind of like, Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? No. What? This is huge. This is yeah. like another birthday. This is like. Right. This is like a whole thing. Yeah. But I was still on chemo when I hit year number one. And I still wanted to thank the Academy. You know, I wanted right? to like, I don't know, shout it from the rooftops. You know, it was, you know, I'll, you'll hear me say like, I think that April 11th is more special to me in some ways than my actual birthday. So, yeah, I was going to say mine's May 13th and it's always like, it's a big day for me. And it's mm -hmm. after my actual birthday and I'm always like, yeah, it's a big one. 
And especially the more years I keep racking up, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is cool. It's really going somewhere. If you feel like a year is impossible, I understand that feeling. I have felt that way, but it's not. It's just it is simply waking up each day and promising to yourself that you're not going to drink and then keeping that promise and moving forward. And I know when I say that, it's like, oh, it's just that. Oh, yeah, that's so easy. Yeah. Just take it moment by moment. For and real. even like I would walk around my house saying, drinking isn't going to help this. Drinking isn't going to help this. It'll just make it worse. I would be saying it out, out loud, but it's true. And it's just kind of the thing that got me through those hard moments. So if you've got yeah. a mantra and you're repeating it, that's all right. Did you do anything special on your one year to celebrate? I don't think I, don't, I did. I don't remember. No. Yeah. I had, even though I was on chemo, there's a particular cake that I love. And I was one of those sugar eaters for sure. Oh, yeah, me too. Still am. Same. (laughs) And I had gotten a cake and me and my family enjoyed it. That just came back to me. That's nice. I'm like, that's a good one to do. We were still in pandemic mode and I'm trying to even it's like we had just gotten through three pandemic birthdays in the family. So I think just not too much happened. But yeah. I think on year three is where you told me I had it just a, a crappy year three. It was not momentous. And I was angry at my family. And I think we had rice aroni for dinner. It was <laughs> like, oh, this is great. And, but Heather informed me, you can redo your day, your day yes. and go re-celebrate. And she was mm-hmm. like, you should go get a tattoo. So I did. <laughs> yeah. And I am a big supporter of that. That was one of my most favorite gifts to myself after quitting drinking. Yeah. I think I've gotten like four tattoos since I quit. I have maybe. Because you're saving all that money. That's right. That's right. It's like, why not? That was my reasoning. I wouldn't get one forever because I was like, I'm not going to spend that money on myself. Not until my kids are out of the house. And it's like, I just make it. I was like, forget it. Like, I've made back that money and then some. So. I've got yeah. my eye on keeping that one going, adding on to the tattoo. Not that we're saying you should get a tattoo, but we are saying treat yourself when you yeah. hit these milestones and treat yourself at day 30 and treat yourself at day 100. If you watch Parks and Recreation, Donna and, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name though. Tom, Donna and Tom do your treat yourself day. So go do that on some of these days because you're saving money, you're saving time. And you're doing something that's really, really hard, but so rewarding. Definitely. So just to kind of wrap up the episode, it's uniquely your decision if you want to track days and money and time. Mm-hmm. It, when looking through or listening through the zero to 365, the way of things to experience, just remember that this is just a generalized timeline and we'll make sure to post that in the show notes and on the no more wasted days pod instagram and just try to get in community like sarah said whether it's podcast joining us with daymakers just take it wherever you can find that community we're about to wrap this one up if you guys haven't already Be sure to give us a five-star review on the podcast because it helps boost us into that little podcast algorithm and more people can get this information then. And screenshot this, share it on your stories and tag us. We're nomorewastedays.pod 
and you can share it there and we'll be able to see it. And tell us if you count your days. Let us know. Go tell us on social media and just say like, oh, heck yeah, I count my days and tell us what day you're on. So we would love to hear that. Yeah, we would love that. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it so much. Have a great rest of your day. 